In brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's might. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi everybody, I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 212. The, I don't know what, uh, January books, I guess we can call it? Yeah, the, the beginning of the final countdown to Convergence. <laughs> yeah, so, quick note, I, I we you wanted to do this before, but uh, we said, uh, it was, uh, I don't remember what we said, why we decided against it, or, and didn't implement it, whatever. We, we were going to, like, you know, stick with the whole, you know, titling episodes, issue 38s, and, you know, that kind of a thing. But it's with core New Guardians, Red Lanterns going away, Sinestro coming on the scene, maybe those other three books restarting after Convergence, who knows, maybe some other Lantern book taking its place. The numbers are going to get all messed up. So from now on, guys... January books, February books, <laughs> March books, and so on and so forth. <laughs> and to help us uh, deal with the frustration, I am. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I'm drinking some wine. <laughs> oh. Which means by the time we get to the new Guardians review, it should be really good. Twelve <laughs> percent alcohol. <laughs> uh. White lantern, white lantern. <laughs> 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 Mr. Terrific's a douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> Carol Ferris can suck it. <laughs> oh, all right, guys. So, uh, if you couldn't tell, issue 38's and um, Sinestro <laughs> 9? Yes. 9? Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, issue 38's and Sinestro 9 uh, are what we're covering tonight. Uh, we're going to go relatively in order. I'll take number 38 um, of GL. Mark will take Green Lantern Corps, I'll take New Guardians, and then he'll finish us up with Red Lanterns and Sinestro. Uh, and, <laughs> excuse me, we will also do some feedback. This is another reason I'm drinking wine. I've been sucking on cough drops all day, and it hasn't really helped at all. I'm assuming alcohol might burn it out. And I'm not... I'm not you'll, be too, you'll be so passed out, you won't really care anymore. I don't have a whole lot left in here. I'm drink. I'm not drinking just wine. I'm drinking port. For so, for those of you who are wine connoisseurs, you know that port is the strong stuff. Um, anyways, <laughs> let's ignore Chad for a minute. Um, no, let's not ignore Chad for a minute because Chad's the one that's going to start us off with reviews. <laughs> I'll be glad to take it instead of core, Chad. But you wanted this one. <laughs> oh, I hate core for. Well, I should say you didn't. Want, you didn't want core. To be fair, <laughs> I chose the. Ooh, that burns. I chose the lesser of two evils. Okay, 
Which so, not by much, probably, but yes, you probably did. <laughs> well, it, it depends on if your printed copy has the problems my digital copy does. But anyways, Green Lantern number 38. Uh, <clears throat> this is going to be super macro, these breakdowns, mostly because <clears throat> it's all... <laughs> No, no, I really was just clearing my throat because I, I couldn't. Uh, I know, it's, it's just I funny. believe you. <laughs> I, I promise I'm not drunk, folks. It was <laughs> a good dramatic pause, nonetheless. Yeah, well, the reason all these breakdowns are going to be super macro, not panel by panel, is because this is all, while this is all um, uh, filler uh, issues for the most part, um, a lot happens in terms of panel to panel, lots of talking, you know, stuff like that. Uh, which isn't to say that it's going to be a comment. Our reviews uh, in the way in which we do them are commentary on what we think of the issue itself. That comes later, obviously. But it would take too long for us to go panel by panel. So what I'm t- here to tell you guys about uh, is uh, basically what happens in this, uh, this issue is Hal gets called in front of the Guardians. He's praised for some things, such as uh, defeating Relic, the Uprising, uh, winning against the New Gods, and he's... Uh, accused of other things, you know, you obliter, uh, obliter, uh, Oa is obliterated. Um, you disobeyed us and went uh, against Black uh, and recruited Black Hand. Well, while we get things in order o- over here, go home. So he heads back to Earth. He's confronted by a guy who says, "You're not supposed to be here." Hal tells him, "Hey, look, while I'm here, I'm just myself. Uh, there's no need to confiscate my ring or nothing, and guys like be on your best behavior, basically. Um, Hal heads down to a uh, bar just uh, outside of the air for, uh, the airfield. Guy shows up, starts drinking with him. They decide to play a little bit of pool. Uh, uh, guy's kind of doing a little bit of recap um, for Hal about what's been going on. Uh, and... Uh, then Barry shows up, Barry Allen, the Flash, shows up and uh, <clears throat> asks to play winner when they play pool. Um, all, all throughout this, by the way, you get the feeling, Hal's not saying whole, a whole lot of anything. Guy and Barry are, are the ones that are kind of steering this conversation. Barry's updating Hal, you know, what happened while the villains were, were taking over and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Barry's cleaning the tables on Guy. Um, Hal and, and Barry are catching up. Um, he's, you know, uh, Barry says something uh, kind of cool. Uh, Clark, anyone with his genetics has it easy. And Bruce, sure, he's great at what he does, but he was always so morose. You're the only one of us who ever had it nailed down. The balance between the hero and the man. And I really grew to appreciate that. At this point, he then spills a pitcher on uh, an Air Force officer. That starts a bar fight. Well, Guy starts a bar fight. Hal's trying to avoid it. Um, or Barry's trying to avoid it. Um, Hal and Barry. Whatever. Hal, for once. Oh. Every, everybody not Guy is trying to avoid it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, so they get in a fight. Uh, they get thrown out of the bar. Um, this is when Hal finally talks and says, you know, what's the matter with you guys? You know, you're, you know, I, I, I wanted to be alone. I wanted to get away from being a hero. I wanted to kind of get back to my life before there were Green Lanterns and the Justice League and, you know, just when I was just a guy and a pilot. Um, And uh, he says to Barry in response to what he said earlier, uh, no offense, you're an idiot. I don't have anything nailed down, so if you're looking for answers, you came to the wrong hero. 
And he says, I'm going to go back into the bar and, and get lacquered alone. And then uh, from behind you here is when you say alone or without anyone, does that include me? And it's Carol Ferris. <clears throat> and so the answer is yes. You do two diamonds. <laughs> uh, she's twirling around one key for I don't know what reason. Anyways. Probably the apartment key, right? Yeah, I guess she's giving it back, right? I would assume. Yeah. Anyways, Guy and Barry are like, oh, we didn't call her. Uh, so they decide to go party the night away. Uh, Carol gives him a talking to. He's talking about how he doesn't really know who who he is or what's going on. You can see Hal do something very unHal-like. Uh, there's a couple artistic things where he's you know shuffling his feet and he's kicking a can, um, you know that kind of a thing. Hal doesn't know who he is, and he's uh, he said uh, you know Kyle's a good guy. He's a great guy, and she said you are a great guy. Um, and she just you know before. She flies off. She tells him to keep searching, and you'll find yourself someday. And that is the end of that issue. What do you think? Eh, I like the art. Let's do with the positives. I like the art. Yeah, the art was really good. And it's one of those things again. It's the it's the contrast. I, I don't I don't want to criticize the cover, so I should just ask you your opinions on it. But my only thoughts related to the cover that I want to really delve into is that if you're going to have a substitute artist draw the book, why not let him do the cover too, especially when the cover is not the usual artist's strong suit <laughs> to begin with? Uh, I prefer that I've got two versions in my digital. Uh, the start of it is the, the atypical issue with the white background. Uh, the issue cover, rather, with the white background. The other one, I guess, is either a variant or something um, where the background behind Carol is green and the background behind Hal is uh, uh, violet and split down the middle. I think that adds a lot to the... the you know, in terms of art, you know, I'm not a big fan of how he draws Hal. Carol looks okay. Um, Her face doesn't look great. <clears throat> yeah, I guess, but... In terms of the way this cover looks, um, I much prefer it with this colored back, colored split background as opposed to the white background. Uh, I saw that white background on the shelves at uh, my LCS, um, and I I didn't like it. Uh, straight no, it's, away. it's not. It's it seems like a whole lot of dead space. A lot of literally a lot of white space. Yeah, it, it seems how? it seems like something you would use as a sketch cover. Like yeah, just I put agree. in some stuff in the background. <laughs> Yeah, and even adding the little green coming off of Hal and the pink and the purple coming off of Carol doesn't quite make up for the... And plus the fact that Hal looks... You know, I, we know you know, he's in the background compared to Carol, but still you, having him be the smaller figure and, you know, I don't know. Yeah. But based on the content, I like the beginning with the with the Templar Guardians. I like the fact that, that they're, you know, they're, they're already, at least on the surface... Tr- Trying to reinforce what we've already seen, which is that they may they may have some some douchey elements in them since they are guardians, but they're not nearly as bad as the ones we're used to. There's also so that, a there's also a vid, sorry to interrupt. There's also a visual component to that. If you notice, they're not sitting on the chairs. No, that's true too. They're che- it's like it's like the 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 checking out the car, but they're not taking it for a test drive yet. <laughs> it's like, hey, look at this. Yeah. I do kind of think I think it's kind of. Re- ridiculous to blame because it, it, like you said based on the way they're divvying up the pros and the cons during Hal's tenure as leader they're throwing the destruction of Oa at, at his feet and it's not like they did much to stop it either <laughs> true because I mean because they didn't because because 
you know, so they, because they kind of, nor did they do anything to save Elpis either. <laughs> so the reality is they're, they, because of Relic, they pretty much were kind of useless too. So they had no, I don't think that's fair to throw that on, on Hal. At least this destruction of Oa shouldn't go on, on, on Hal's uh, a negative check in his column. Um, you're right. For most, for the most part, this issue was kind of a it was kind of filler. I kind of the whole idea. I, you can be philosophical about it and say we, we're always trying to find ourselves constantly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That. Whether you're 35, 45, 55, 65, as long as you're alive, you can make a case. You're always really trying to find who you are and understand, you know what, you know something different or find something different about yourself. But after all this time, it, it kind of just seems like we're going down the same path again. Of all, Hal's just kind of aimless. He's kind of, and I also and I have a bigger issue with it, with Car- you know, with it, tying it into Carol because again, it gives the direct implication that that's that he did something. That that's the one hundred hundred percent reason why they're not together, when she had no problem, you know, pining for him and going at, and literally <laughs> trying to bring him back from the land of the dead at the end of of uh, Wrath of the First Lantern, and then she just kicks him to the curb, conveniently enough, right afterwards. Yeah. So I think I think Carol should be looking in the mirror a little bit too about what what motivates her, which we kind of get a little bit a little glimpse into that when we get to New Guardians, but but still, I don't know. I think it's, I think the kind of, oh, you know, how's this, you know, this poor directionless or schmuck, even if he's not completely irresponsible, that he just can't, he never can get it together that, I don't know, I think that's kind of, and then, to me that might be a, getting, a, there may be truth in it, but because it's true for everybody, but I think it might be getting a little bit old as far as, you know, kind of revisiting that. True, and I do agree with you, but I also see the flip side of it. I mean, if anything brings the, you know, the Maverick test pilot, fearless Hal Jordan back down to Earth, uh, and, and not literally, um, but I mean, you know, <clears throat> emotionally, then it's going to be his one anchor no longer being there. I mean, what what did he do when he was on Earth than not being a Green Lantern and just being Hal Jordan apart from, you know, going out and flying planes? He spent time with Carol. And now he's got, well, I mean, he's got his brother and everything, but he's got nobody left, really, to, to do anything with. Um, I mean, he's got Barry and he's got Guy and everything, but that's what he's trying to get away from. And right. even if, and, and one would also might argue, even if he did have Carol, he's still not away from it because she's a star sapphire. Right. So, I mean, I don't, I don't you know, it's... Maybe Hal is just uh, kind of like we are, or at least I am, struggling with Hal's identity as a human. You know, he's been in space so long, you know, at, does he even remember what his life is supposed to be like when he's here? And the last time he was here and enjoying his life as a human, what, was, what did that consist of? And is any of that still tangible and around anymore? So, I mean, I just... I think I think uh, on one hand uh, we have Hal on Earth, finally, thank God, um, and I'm glad they dealt with this thing between him and Guy uh, in the atmosphere in one page, and they dealt with it. You know, right? He says, "Foot off the gas, all right." I'm not looking for a turf battle. The Guardian sent me on home leave. 
Uh, I'll be a Green Lantern when I land, and I'll be one when I take off. In between, just think of me as a test pilot from Coast City looking for some downtime and a beer. Um, so that, I mean, the guy's like, all right, cool, we're good. So, I, I, <laughs> goes, then, then you wouldn't mind turning over your ring, <laughs> citizen. I like that. <laughs> that part I like, too. <laughs> well, this guy knows what the answer is going to be, but, you know, guy's got to be guy. <laughs> right. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying that, um, you know, it, this could have been like, we, we could, we might've had the concern of, well, now that guy is in charge of, and the reds are in charge of 2814, can any of the lanterns go home again? Uh, the human lanterns that is. And that was dealt with. Yes, they can. Uh, they just can't do their super heroics, which bothers me a little bit. And we'll get to that uh, either in a different issue or when we get at the very least when we get to feedback. But uh, I'll, I'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, so I'm glad Hal's on Earth. Um, and logically it makes sense that he's here in this bar uh, because he has no other touchstones. It makes sense that he's getting upset with Guy and Barry. For showing up and interrupting his uh, downtime, as it were. Um, and it makes sense that when Carol shows up, he kind of uh, kind of progresses and regresses at the same time. I mean, he, you know, he's kind of cut, cutting to the chase of what's really bothering him. But what's really bothering him from this page where he's in Guy and Barry's face about, get the hell out of my face really goes from stubborn and leave me the F alone how to self-loathing and depressed how. So I, I do get it, and I'm glad that we have these human moments on Earth. Um, but I think that uh, Van Jensen and company have written themselves into a corner. Um, when you have the Reds be in charge of this sector... And the human heroes can't do their heroing thing when they're on their own planet. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And putting them on Earth does you no good. Now, I have said and will continue saying I want these lanterns to be able to go on Earth and spend storylines on Earth. And maybe, you know one on and two off, you know, in terms of storylines uh, where they're located on, on a planet or in space. But you've, and I, I still want that, but you've written yourself into a corner that when they are on Earth, they can't do F all. And that makes no sense. Um, and like I said, we'll get to it later, but uh, they need to do something to fix this. And maybe post-convergence it'll be fixed. Um, and the reason I bring all this up is, you know, I, we've said it a billion times and I don't mean to make this episode any longer than it will already end up being, but I think that, again, the reason I bring all this up is for this issue, for what it is in the context of what they've built in this storyline, I'm happy with this issue because really logically there was really no other way to do this story. And by this story, I mean how on earth. There's not a whole lot else he could do. Now, yes, he could go, you know, commiserate with, you know, we could have two pages of him talking to Bruce and Gotham, uh, two pages of him talking to Clark, two pages, of, you know, just kind of wandering back and forth and, and, and trying to touch base with everything. And there's, there's different ways you could have gone in about it, but the overall tone would have been roughly the same for the entire issue. 
So for this issue, for what it is in the context of what we uh, of every the way everything's been set up, um, up to this point, up to issue thirty eight, um, you know, I guess it makes sense, you know. And for a da- for a quote unquote down issue after an event, which we you know we've we've seen this pattern for a while and it's kind of and it's almost unavoidable i suppose that after you have this these long long events and the first issue after the event ends is always very you know for the most part it's anticlimactic that considering this one is this one actually isn't so bad and i think the i think the art actually does help yeah i think with a, with all due respect i think if it was tan doing the art for throughout the whole issue i don't think it would have i don't think it would have worked as well but i think so it was. I'm looking forward to you know 39 and 40 and see how they're going to wrap you know where they're going to leave Hal before we get into convergence more much more than this issue, but it was it wasn't bad. I don't. It certainly, again, just like I said, based on the nature of what the story was going to tell and, and what and the story that it followed, it wasn't going to be as probably enthralling as all the parts of Godhead I thought were in Green Lantern, but. So the issue, I would, the issue wasn't, in my opinion, isn't as good as the last three issues of Green Lantern. But you are kind of saddled with the story that you, you know, the transition point you got to use this issue as, so or for. So. Yeah. All right, Green Lantern Corps. Green Lantern Corps. When was the last time I did Green Lantern? Was it like Future's End? Wasn't that the last time I did Green Lantern uh, Corps? <laughs> I don't know. You're due. I am due. I will try not to make this one long either, because it, the story, because what's going on in the issue is much like in your issue, is pretty straightforward. But it's there are some interesting points in it. So Green Lantern Corps uh, 38. Uh, John, we begin with John Stewart flying above Mogo, and John's talking to Mogo. John's just trying to basically uh, enjoy the sunset, which leads to a little discussion between him and Mogo about what is a sunset versus sunrise. John Stewart kind of gives a little recap too about everything that's been going on. That it's kind of, you know kind of nice to have a just to have something that feels like a good symbol after the you know relic and the Durlins and the new gods and uh, uh, John Stewart is confronted by the Templar guardians who basically come to him and say with Hal Jordan on leave in his leave of absence we want you to be, become core leader and John Stewart. You know, trying not trying not to act kind of as a jerk or to disrespect Hal, but makes but he does make the point pretty clear that uh, if I wasn't good enough to be the leader before, then why am I good enough to be the leader now? And the, the guardians just tell him that we never really doubted your ability to lead, but ironically, coming from a guardian, this is important. We doubted your ability to feel, and the fact that they they no longer are worried about that. So John pretty much says, well, you know, this isn't like at the at the moment anyway. This isn't something I'm really concerned with. I have more important things or to, d- to deal with or including or sp- specifically at this point, all the recruits that we've been following pretty much since the new creative team took over, even in the, even before lights out officially began Jeruk. Oh, at Festa, right? It's Festa, right? Is it Fesca? Fesca, yeah, excuse yeah, me. Uh, that, uh, that they are all becoming official lanterns now. They're getting the symbol put on their chest. They're no longer recruits. So they're all, 
So they have a brief, you know, they they say the oath. They have a kind of like a nice happy moment, and and right on cue because John Stewart points out, celebrate while you can, because we all know, you know that you know this just means we expect more of you. And if you're a green a green lantern, disaster is never too far away. Just just on that note, you know, a ship uh, is detected by Mogo in the at, the outer atmosphere. You know, it, it comes. The ship gets brought down to Mogo. Uh, Feska notices or picks up very quickly that it's from the from the planet Xerox, which is her home planet. And we get a little brief uh, understanding or recap of what's been going on on Xerox since uh, you know Fes- Feska was you know she left and became a lantern, and we find out that you know Xerox has fallen into basically the control of the criminals called the shadow market that most of the, the people of Xerox have been swayed to, you know, fire to, to vice and violence and drugs and everything. So you name it. So, and then we basically come to lanterns almost as a, as last resort. It's like, we have no, we had no, we had no, no other place. Even though we don't really, the reputation of the green lanterns is not particularly good. We decided to come, and seek you out to try to help us. So John Stewart, you know, John Stewart, before he goes off to kind of lead this mission to Xerox, we do get finally we get a reference to what we didn't see throughout, you know, the all the other parts of Godhead, which is that John Stewart does indeed still have his Star Sapphire ring on him. He makes the point of saying that, you know, this ring's one hell of a weapon, and I'm not about to. You know, give it up anytime soon, which of course leads into why did if it was such a great weapon, why didn't he think he needed it at all during Godhead? But, but nonetheless, uh, so we end up in sectors two five two five, which is Xerox, and basically we see uh, uh, Fesca's son, Fesca's son and her mother, I believe, at this point, because that's a, something else that was mentioned. This Fesca hasn't seen her son or her mother since she became a, a lantern. Basically, we see some Xeroxian drug dealer there trying to uh, sway the kid. You know, Feska, John, and, and their group interrupt. They, you know, they cap, you know, they capture this drug dealer and they basically shake him down to find out, you know, who's really in control of this. And we find out that it, you know, the person who's running it anyway is Akula. You know, she runs the whole market and basically, you know. This drug dealer spills the beans. I'll be like, I'll tell you where you know where where her hold, her hangout is, where her hold is. But so we cut to Acula's, you know, her fortress, if you will. Fesca and the Lantern show up, pretty much trying to arrest her and her underlings. Jeruk goes, you know, Jeruk being Jeruk kind of leaps into action. It's like. Uh, even though John kind of tells him, keep your distance. We don't know what kind of tech that they have. And Jeruk being in his usual Hulk-like self, nothing Jeruk's axe can't destroy. And of course, he finds out that's not entirely true. He, he smashes it into, is that the, what is that, a, the, a helmet? Or is it the, the ball in there? What is it that he smashes the axe into? Is it like the helmet or something? It looks like a helmet. Yeah, that's what I thought. And so, like purple energy just shoots out into Jeruk, and he's in a he's in a lot of pain. Uh, the lanterns kind of like break break off the assault and take out Jeruk, who's uh, take Jeruk with 
them. He's really hurt. John points out, you know, we have to, you know, we got to finish what we started first, then we can get him help. Um, I'm just going to get to the highlights here. Help, but a whole bunch of Fesca's people. They talk about, you know, perhaps they wish they. Have you considered, as they're talking to John Stewart, it's like, have you considered that they do not want the freedom that you offer? Perhaps they wish to know what happens when the darkness falls, and they pretty much start chanting, you know, darkness falls, and they start they start attacking John and the lanterns, the Fesca's people. John creates a huge construct. Kind of, kind of like break, you know, breaks their hold. John's kind of, he's a little thrown off. He goes, "Something's infected these people. We need to kind of get out of here and regroup and refocus." We completely have a change of pace. We cut to Space Sector Two Eight One Four above the planet Ungara, otherwise known as Abensur's homeworld, where we have Von Daggle, Hunger Dog, and what's her, what's his, what's her, what's her name again? Amy. Amy. Yeah, it's a Ramy. Uh, basically, they're continuing the search for Van Daggle's original partner, and kind of like this is where these, you know, the the search kind of led. That this was the la- you know hunger hunger dog f- fulfilled his part of the mission to kind of lead them or track down where basically where the the ring was, where where she is, and now Van Daggle pretty much wants to take this on on his own. They. He's lets everybody else off the hook. Hunger Dog is relieved of his obligation. He tells Raimi, you know, this is that's an order. I'm going to do this on my own, and if I'm going to do it, I bet you know I better bend, blend in with the locals. So he transforms himself into this devil-looking like creature that just confronted them a few seconds earlier, which is interesting. Not just because it was dead, because they just they when it attacked them, they killed it. But Hunger Dog points out that you know. No, he just—he doesn't just smell fresh dead. He smells like old dead, like decayed dead. So that's going to be quite interesting, probably to follow back up on. We find Fesca's son and her grand and her and his grandmother, Fesca's mom, together. Fesca comes to visit them, and she kind of gives them a you know a, a refresher course on you know how you know the Green Lanterns are not the, you know they're not the bad guys you know. They kind of wanted us to think, or you wanted you to think we're the bad guys. We came here to help, I promise. And, you know, her son just points out, you know, it's been scary here without you, Mom. That is, you know, it's 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 not the criminals, it's the monsters. And she goes, you know, you know what is, she kind of doesn't know what they're talking about. And she thinks he's just kind of like, almost like, just kind of like trying to explain it in his mind, you know, how, well. What the how bad these people are and what they're doing that he thinks they're monsters and he goes no they really are monsters they hide in the shadows but I can hear them and then we see lurking outside the window of their apartment building and climbing up and climbing down are these monsters and that ends this issue with next issue John Stewart faces demons from without and within okay so why this issue upsets me volume one no. first first and foremost the oath in brightest day, in darkest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Let all who worship evil's might beware my power, Green Lantern's light. Correct. That is that is in mind as well. Yes. Uh, it's not. It's supposed to be blackest, not darkest, and those, not all. Um, if they're doing an homage to a previous uh, 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 oath, they should say so. 
they've done that before, you know, like for instance when uh, they were charging up with, you know, to honor a, a, a certain Green Lantern, you know, different Green Lanterns said the oath different ways at some point, um, you know, like uh, F Sharp Bell guy, um, whatever his name is, um, and, and 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 there were others. Uh, there were several points. Uh, I think specifically around in the eighties. Um, when various lanterns said the oath various different ways, but every time and a lantern who didn't say the oath that way said it in a different way, uh, it was very clearly referenced as an homage um, by them. You know, let's say the oath like so and so because he did good. You know, what you know, like that. They should do that here if it's an homage. Otherwise, get it right the way it's supposed to be. Uh, not that big of a deal because if they are doing an homage and they just you know didn't reference that. Then that's one thing. There's a, something, a couple things in here though that I cannot forgive. Um, when the Zaroxians uh, show up, if you're looking at that page, it's from Zarox. It's from my planet. The next word bubble, fellow Zaroxians. It's been so long since I've seen any of our kind. That is not pointing towards Fesca. No, it is not. Okay, so that's true in your case too. And then the next word balloon. It is true. Word had spread that one of our kind had been taken by the Green Lanterns. And that's signed to Fesca, and it shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, it's signed to Fesca, and it shouldn't be. What brings you here? Pointed to the Zaroxians, who are not Fesca. So those right, word balloons, so those word, Zarko. all three of those word balloons are in the wrong place. Um, that is just pure laziness, um, and that should not happen in a, a comic, regardless of whether it's being canceled or not. Um, later on, this happens again. Uh, and I will show you where. Um, right when we catch up with um, uh, Raimi and Daggle and Hunger Dog, that page. Um, you said you can find anyone, Hunger Dog. Where then is my partner? That bubble is in my copy pointing to Hunger Dog. Hunger Dog. <laughs> the next bubble. I told you the trail led to Angara, Daggle. Hard as it was to sniff out, and we found her ring there, didn't we? And it's Daggle who's saying it. <laughs> Daggle who's saying it. The deal wasn't that you find a ring, it was that you find her, and she wasn't anywhere on the planet's surface. Pointing to Hunger Dog. This is not a mistake, or just a, 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 a an unfortunate oversight, the way a, uh, a misrepresented uh, homage oath would be this is pure laziness whether it be on the part of the letterer or ultimately on the part of the editor this is why it pisses me off regardless of whether or not i've enjoyed this title there are certain things in comics that i find unforgivable pure laziness like this something that should easily be caught by an editor or someone else will to when it goes to I don't know final approval or you know whatever it may be, somebody screwed up because they were being lazy. And this is very evident in this book, and that's what pisses me off. Now that you've seen it, does it bother you? It bothers me. I actually did know. I actually did notice it when I read it the first time. Actually, even when you said the other, when you said the, uh, yesterday that you know there was something in it that really bugged you, so I didn't necessarily think it was that. But when I re, but then when I kind of reread it again, then I kind of th the stuff on Mogo 
that bothered me more. Only not even though, technically speaking, that's just more of a you know that's definitely more of a word balloon pointing in the wrong direction. They could have fixed. Even though you could also make the case that the one on dealing with above Ungar is the same way that maybe they literally were supposed to swap out those word balloons on diff on the opposite sides. But yeah, it 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 it's it's sloppy. Yeah. It's 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 no there's no doubt that it's sloppy. Um. And it's in, and it's interesting because Von, uh, Von Daggle still had the ability to shapeshift, um, unlike the other. Unlike the other, because the the other Durlins were locked into their forms at the end of Uprising, weren't they? Yes, Von Daggle should, to my memory, still have the ability to shapeshift. That's what I thought too. That's why I didn't mention that I thought there was an issue. But when I first read it, that I popped into my head because I just remember the rest of the of the Durlins were kind of locked into whatever they were in whatever form they were in at the time so <clears throat> as a as a story though i it was it intrigued me a little to see what they're going to do mm-hmm. uh i'm assuming this is going to be a three issue arc much like what, we're, what we have in new guardians right you know to, to wrap it up so i'm kind of interested in it it's from a story t- you know from a storytelling point of view it's probably one i actually think is one of the more interesting issues even with the mistakes of core that we've seen in a while, maybe because for some reason I just really like something about Fesca's son. I really like. I don't know why. It's just something about just their, their just that relationship between her, her son, and her mother. I guess something about that touches me for some reason. So I think I'm more interested in, in reading in reading about that. I'm not interested, obviously, in John Stewart dealing with Sanshi eight thousand more times, as, as as we know is coming down the pike. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but. Um, otherwise, uh, on my end of things, um, the art was uh, fairly enjoyable considering the uh, focus on non-human characters. Kind of like when Monkey focuses on humans, it bothers me. But when he gets aliens, it's awesome. Um, Other than St. Walker. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also think it also helped that there was a lot of purples in here. I don't know if you noticed. Uh, yeah, there was there actually were a lot of purples, purples and pinks too. Yeah, purples which is kind of yeah. A lot of purples and pinks in here, uh, especially on Zarox. Um, and there were a couple times when the uh, black, uh, white, and red uh, action panels were replaced with um, purplish, uh, purple and white action panels, which kind of helped break that up a little bit. I still, a, I still don't like. There's a green and yellow one. There's a green and yellow and white one too, which is kind of was kind of cool. Right, and uh, I still don't like. I still don't like those action panels, regardless of the color. But the the fact that they did break up the color a little bit was nice. Um, uh, so so that that helped things out a little bit. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I, th- I mean, I thought it was okay. Um, definitely a three issue story. Uh, another thing that kind of bugs me, uh, art-wise, uh, if you look on the page when John uh, and Fes- John uh, and them are uh, in the room with uh, Fesca, her mother, and her son, do you see Jeruk uh, uh, is walking in there? Right. You notice his arm is perfectly flat, right there where it's cut off. And if you look, yeah. if you look earlier on at the page where Druk is jumping towards the uh, alien with the axe, yeah, it's a little uneven. Perfectly flat. 
Um, I, I just think that uh, when you have, just for the sake of realism, uh, I know it's a comic about you know alien space cops with the super powered ring, but um, when you when you're when people get their arms severed, it's ne- it's never a perfectly straight line, <laughs> you know. It heals into a stump. <laughs> so I don't understand why this is like a cartoony scissor cut arm. And St. Walker's about due to heal his arm now anyway, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he's back on duty. Let him do. Let him put some, some, make up for those lost hours. Um, I also hope that we get some uh, interaction on Angara. Uh, and I'm also wondering if the fact that the fact that this takes place in uh, Sector Two Eight Route One Four will also mean the involvement of the Red Lanterns in some way. Um, and uh, I hope that we see some sort of interaction with Ungar in reference to Abin, like whether it's a family member, or, you know, whatever. That'd be cool. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, not not too bad of an issue. So, I mean, again, for what it was. Okay, New Guardians? New Guardians. New Guardians number 38. Um, We open on a planet where a woman is rushing towards a ship, uh, a getaway ship as it is taking off. She tosses a child uh, into the ship um, and prays that she is fast enough as this massive creature is uh, utterly demolishing her city. Um, She awaits inevitable death and then notices this massive oozy black hole type thing open up, sucking the creature up and away. Uh, cut over to Zamoron, where Carol is uh, pondering her ring, and Kyle flies up, uh, asking if she's thinking of checking it off a cliff, and she said no, um, but it's time we had the talk. Um, so when a man and woman are in love, what happens <laughs> is... <laughs> Um, she says, I love you. He's, he's, and he says, I love you. And she said, that's my problem. And you know what else I love this. And she's talking about, you know, being a star Sapphire and, and blah, blah, blah. But she also says, but I need to love to do this. I have to love. So do I love you? And then Kyle finishes, or have you just made yourself love me? And then in the, in the next panel, and we'll get to this in the feedback. I uh, yeah, you knew. I didn't know, but I know. I I, I don't know, but recent events aside, I'm not a total idiot. Um, <coughs> excuse me, guys. Sorry. Anyways, um, they're having the talk going back and forth, basically giving voice to everything we've been wondering going on here. Uh, next thing you know, there is a uh, warning from the ring: a significant mass detected at a substantial portion of light speed, um, and uh, it impacts with the earth, with the uh, ground on Zamoron. They shield. There's no loss of life. No casualties reported. Um, and they notice this creature that we just saw earlier get sucked up has been uh, obliterated and craterized into, this, uh, into the ground. And they call it a Source Titan. And Kyle says it didn't just happen to end up here. This is a message. And he sees his White Lantern symbol uh, burned onto its skin. They trace it back to where it comes from. Carol says, or Kyle says, it's not your fight, Carol. You don't have to do this. She says, we're doing it anyways. No surprise to any of us. Um, They come across all the destruction in that uh, planet. 
Kyle says, I feel, you know, blah, blah, blah. She, uh, he, they get attacked by this girl that was left behind. Uh, and they, they said, you, you know, I don't know who you are, but you don't have to do this. Uh, and you know, I don't know what you're thinking. And she says, I think he's wearing that symbol. And he says, what are you talking about? She points, and the White Lantern symbol is made uh, on the side of a building by bodies that have been pinned there. Um, Kyle realizes what's going on. He says, I need you to stay back. He's here. Uh, and he's it's everywhere. The blackness attacks him. And uh, you can see this uh, voice bubbles saying, um, this is the end. You are not leaving. This is Oblivion. And Oblivion has got Carol and Kyle all tangled up. And next, he's back. And there you go. What did you think? Yeah, I didn't like it all that much. I didn't like the art much at all. There were a few panels that were good, but I thought most of the Carol Kyle stuff wasn't good. I like when they the way what say Soren was was drawn, who is to is another tie into yet. And we should have just asked because how much how many other books are you reading other than Green Lantern books from DC? Not many. Because mm. I was thinking from just DC. we should ask. Yeah, I was thinking um, we should just ask people in general: Are all the DC are all the DC books like having such a having the same kind of drumbeat towards the future's end storylines coming true mm. so quickly as we're seeing in Green Lantern? Because we know Green Lantern, I mean, they are they are pounding those drums, you know, over and over again. I mean, I'm they, I'm reading Batwoman as it wraps up because of of, of the Ragman thing. Um, and I'm reading Gotham by Midnight because uh, the art is taking me really a lot of getting used to, but I'm interested in the Spectre, and I'm also interested in a book that takes place in Gotham that doesn't involve Batman. Uh, otherwise, I don't know if I'm reading any other books issue by issue. Like, I know I'm getting Scott Snyder's Batman run in trade, um, and I will be finishing up the Wonder Woman stuff by... Uh, not the Finches, um, uh, once that comes out in trade. But otherwise, I don't think I'm re- getting anything else issue by issue. So, yeah, so anybody out there who's who are, who's reading, especially if you're reading a bunch of DC books, not, not necessarily even in the same family, but but any books that have, you know, futures and issues. But it's probably more relevant for, for like, family books because you would think there's going to be more elements that you could pick up on for futures and that let us know if you think that all that this is kind of like a complete DC effort that they are beating those war drums for the future's end future to actually come to fruition or a lot of the parts of it to come to fruition as much as they're doing in the Green Lantern book because we know they're making a concerted effort to do this in the Green Lantern books so and obviously the beginning of this issue ties into the future's end uh, Kyle issue of New Guardians um I don't know about you. This is just, and I could be completely wrong. Based on my, well, now that we know that it's a that that it's oblivion that he's going to basically be dealing with in the next two issues to this to this book ends, I have even more confidence that Kyle's not dying now that he's dealing with oblivion. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just me. 
the, for all the people that are worried about Kyle being dead, I think the fact that we that Oblivion's the guy he's going to be dealing with pretty much until the end of the book, I think certainly, in my mind anyway, increases the odds that he's not going to be dead at the end of this. Yeah. Uh, fly. Go ahead. Uh, myself, I, I enjoyed it. I liked the art. I think the art took a step up. Uh, I really like the way they drew this alien chick, and I don't mean just because of boobies. I just mean she looks really cool. Um, yeah, I think she's the best drawn character in the book. Yeah, and the colors on her are really cool looking too. Um, she looks cool when she's standing there with that spear thing, uh, and she looks cool when in every other place we see her. Um, the emotion in her face is good. I mean, it's it's she's really drawn well. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if the inks are lighter or the pencils are sharper. Maybe it's the fact that I'm reading this digitally and it's backlit. I mean, I don't know. It just looks really good. There are a couple places here and there. Uh, Kyle's mask is always a bit of an issue. Um, but like, for instance, even his, I think even his face. That's, sorry, what, even that's his, what I'm getting to. Um, yeah, with his ears and everything. Well, when you see Carol uh, on Zamron before she transfers uh, transforms into Star Sapphire, when she's got her legs dangling off, you see the word balloon that says so. Yes. Her face looks weird there, um, but she's fine uh, a couple panels later. Kyle's face and uh, looks weird when it, she says, it's. I guess it's time for the talk. It looks different than it does two panels later. Um, strange and odd. But Carol looks perfectly fine when she jumps off and turns into Star Sapphire. I mean, that's a really beautiful uh, drawing. I really like that. Um, but there's a, there's, there's a couple of small... Lacks of consistency here and there. Kyle's face and the shading and the colors and everything on him when she says, what does this mean? And he says, I don't know. You see that right there? Uh, which part? Right before the warning. Okay, that's what I thought. I thought we were... Yeah, his face His face looks cool. The shading, the coloring, it looks really good. Uh, I really enjoy that. I mean, it's just... It's, it's, it's inconsistent in places, but not drastically so, like it could have been in the past. Um, I just think the art's been, uh, is really good. And I like how <clears throat> this is a good color palette in terms of, um, in terms of, uh, uh, they're almost Easter colors. You know what I mean? Right. A lot of pastels, a lot of pastels and they're not sharp pastels. Um, you know how, like, when we're talking about when uh, Nii Rufino does coloring on, uh, uh, like, when she was doing uh, Tyler Kirkham stuff, it's super bright and sharp, uh, bold colors and blah, blah, blah. This is <sighs> muted but somehow bold pastels, you know what I'm saying? Right. And, and it works. I like it. I like the way it works, especially in, in conjunction with this. Uh, with this art uh, and the inks, I'm, and I can't tell. I don't know if the inker has changed, and maybe they're just doing a lighter job. Um, I don't know if the penciler has changed things up. I don't know what's going on, but the art outside of the colors feels different too somehow. <clears throat> the the white lantern symbol on Kyle's chest though is really awkward. Yeah, it's it's almost like it's a flower. Which is really, which is a direct contrast to the fact that throughout the issue you have the White Lantern symbol drawn pretty much the way it's supposed to be, as, you know, for the most part. 
It kind of, I mean, it kind of looks like it kind of borderline looks like the same flower when it's on that when when it's on the source titan on when it arrives on Zamron. But when you see all the all the people crucified into the shape of the white lantern symbol, that's more like what it's supposed to be like. So it just it just seems like that symbol's kind of a little off. I like the cover though. The cover is cool. Yeah. With the contrasting death and life, basically, images of Kyle. Um, and you're on the title page where it says, where that big monster, is at the, the Source Titan's attacking, it says it all ends here? Yes. In the in the credits, does it credit Justin Jordan as writes? Not yes. writer? Yes, yes. That's weird. Well, I guess they probably were trying to, trying to be... Well, they're trying to be clever because if you look throughout the whole thing, they have edits too. Mm. So they're just trying to like pencils, inks, colors, letters, writes, edits, group edits. So it's the, yeah, they're, they're trying to be. It's kind. Of, I think it's just like trying to be a little different or cutesy is what I suspect. Maybe. It is. It is. It does. I mean, it is different. There's no doubt about that. So. Okay. Red lanterns. Red lanterns. Red Lantern's number 38, so as Guy himself in the narration points out that, you know, just like that, it's over. <laughs> he's talking about Godhead, he's, you know, he's back from space, and he points out that, you know, he, he can't run away anymore. I'll just read this part, because it's, you know, Simon Baz tried to tell me I'm a hero, that the death created in my wake is justified by the lives I save. I used to be like him, idealistic, optimistic, blind. You wear a ring long enough, you stop seeing real people. All you see is costume nut jobs and super powered idiots. While the buildings fall and the cities burn and the real people die. Yeah, I used to be like Baz. And then Atrocitus came to Earth and he opened my eyes. So we're at uh, Calvin City. Basically, and this is one of the places that Atrocitus kind of targeted when he tried to make so. All the so many people on Earth, Red Lanterns, and basically people. Now, guys, kind of like in mop-up duty, he's got to deal with a lot of the leftover, you know, Rage Lanterns, even without the rings. He's got, they've been kind of been infected by, by Rage, almost zombie-like. The way they have that guy on the second page, not Guy himself, but the, but the Rage, the the Rage victim. The way they have him kind of like, lassoed around the neck, he looks like a zombie. So, guys, trying to figure out, you know, what exactly is what is going on here so he kind of he basically uses uh uses the same kind of power that the judge had something he supposedly learned from the judge which is to look into their minds and kind of find basically the you know, it's kind of the origin of of what what's making these people this one in particular have so much rage you know and he sees this image of all these bodies laid laid out blood you know blood strewn all over the place and you, you just see all these images of every, you know basically all these different images of things that that could make people angry, and you even get a little glimpse of Atrocitus in there. And it just becomes you know way too much for Guy at first, almost like it, it almost like it overloads him. He kind of comes close. He doesn't really fa- pass out, but he certainly loses his balance temporarily as he tries to process this. So Guy basically he continues this he continues his quest to try to find out what exactly is you know. What's going on with these people? What's motivating them? He finds uh, a scene from that was a riot, uh, not on riot, of course, but it had been a riot, 
So there's a lot of bur- like a lot of burned out bodies. Some of them, and there was one guy who's still alive. He's you know the rage itself is burning these people out. But when he gets close enough to this person and looks into their mind, he sees the same image. So it's kind of like a hive mentality, and he doesn't quite understand it. It's like it's it's the same, the same mind. How can they all have the same mind? So this, you know, so the, you know, the rage victim, if you will, he kind of, he kind of implodes and, and, and burns himself out. And guys like too much anger and rage. These people have reached their limit and they burned up from the inside. Is this what will happen to all of them? I'm, you know, I'm running out of time. Yes, you know, so guy. Yes, you know, so guy basically finds a whole bunch more victims. He, you know, he continues to. He continues to even you know even when they're dead, he, these, the rage was so strong in some of these people that he can still see the uh, same hive mentality. So a guy basically comes, he basically makes a decision that the only way to the only way to deal with them is to give basically to give them something to really to focus their rage on because he can't afford this thing to spread and again almost again like a zomb, like a zombie plague that he has to you know he has to give them something that they want he has to give them some you know basically show them who who is responsible for the rage give them a target for their rage you know the the as he says the the arrogant idiot who led atrocities to, to earth red lantern and he means himself and he kind of like offers himself up and uh, and all these, you know, all these people infected with rage attack Guy, and you know, for the most part, Guy just sits there. He just sits there and he takes it for a long period of time, and then eventually, all these, all these, they just kind of burn themselves out. And Guy point, you know, Guy just says, you know, I couldn't save them. I couldn't let the plague spread. All I could do is make them angry, angry enough to burn. You know, all across the city, all sharing the same minds, every single one of them feeling the same anger, all infected with the red light of rage. So basically, hundreds of people die. They burn themselves out with rage, you know, to save thousands. You know, guy just says, you know, but at least at least they get to rest now that they, you know, they finally they can rest in peace now that they burn this rage out of them. But he goes, not me. Even now, even after all that, I'm still too angry, too angry to die. This is what I get. This is my reward. This is my world now. And that ends Red Lantern 38. Um, uh, I, I enjoyed it. It, uh, this one above most of them, uh, felt definitely like a filler issue. Um, the art was, uh, very different from the other uh, issues. Um, and, and, not, and I don't mean other issues of Red Lanterns cause that's very consistent actually. Um, I'm just mean from the other issues I was reading for this oh, yes. month. Um, I do. I will say that while I haven't been the biggest fan of the art on the Red Lanterns book, uh, there was one panel in particular that uh, the combination of the colors and everything really looked cool. And I know it's very simple panel, but where it says Red Lantern and you can see a close-up of Guy's ring, it's a really small, thin panel, but it looks awesome. I thought I thought the artwork was yeah like you said it's, it's it's certainly consistent with what we've seen in this book before and you are absolutely correct it definitely stands out from the artwork in the other books I actually liked I liked the panel too that that uh, where all the all the victims of rage are burning out kind of all around guy and he's kind of like got himself wrapped inside a shield to yeah, protect that, himself from it that one's really cool that's a yeah that's that's one of the that's a pretty powerful scene too. 
I like. I mean, even though you're right, you know, most of these issues. Let's be honest. But the exception, pretty much, you can make the case the exception of New Guardians too. But other than Sinestro, pretty much almost most of these issues at least have a lot of filler in them. If they're not all filler. Yeah. But in a way, but in a way, this issue I think is. Again, we don't know what's going to happen in the last two issues of the series, but I kind of looked at looked at this issue kind of like as a transition, you know, since you know, you know, Charles Sewell Soul is no longer writing the book, and yet we got to wrap this book up. So it kind of like kind of like trans pivots. It kind of pivots from where we were a little bit, and just kind of opens the you know opens the door for you know whatever re- for the resolution we're going to get with Guy at least in in the pre convergence. So I, I so I enjoyed it. I thought the, I thought I actually didn't think I was going to enjoy it as much based on you know what the solicits, but I, I did really enjoy this book. Yeah, there's not a whole lot to say commentary wise uh, on this particular one. It's kind of all surface there, um, but it was. I mean, for for a filler issue, uh, filler issues are typically crap. Uh, this was pretty good for being a filler issue. That's all I really can say about it. I agree. Sinestro? Sinestro 9, which... To, Sinestro, I just think, is the best book right now, period. <laughs> For sure. And and there's nothing that happens in this book that takes away... I mean, this, especially this month, I mean, Sinestro 9, I think, just stands out like... It just shines like a beacon. <laughs> so we begin with a really cool cover, too, which doesn't really occur, not truly, in the book. But we have Mongol fighting Sinestro and Arkillo. Uh, in the book, we begin in far space. That we we see a, a paradise, not quite Odom-like, but it's a, a, a planet, a very peaceful, unhappy planet. And we have the return of, you know, the the paling, the pale vicars. That we they meant they describe it as you know the the paling. They were drawn to the emotion. The pale vicars came to preach their gospel of nothingness. They harvested all the life, stripped all the natural resources from the planet, and now it is dust. And we have it very interesting because we have pretty much everybody in, inside this huge spaceship lurked in shadows, so we don't entirely know who's speaking at the moment. And they're kind of because they were the ones describing this event. And he goes, "Looks familiar, doesn't it? This world so much like our own home planets." So clearly, we know they are survivors from the paling attack. The paling is spreading more rapidly now. Something has driven them into a frenzy. They're devouring everything in their path. And the, and the, we assume he's the leader. He goes, the sallow priests gather their flock. They grow stronger, and so too must we. We must arm ourselves. We, we zip over to Space Sector 3601, the Discoridian Cluster. Now that sounds something out of Star Trek right there. So it's a very crystal-like planet. Uh, Sora is leading, but it's Dez in our in our kilo. And they, they basically there was a there was a signal about Cor from basically it was a, like a distress signal from Corrigorian referee ref, referees Super Bowl refugees thinking uh, tr- calling out for help to the Sinestro Corps, but they basically they're not find they're not finding anybody alive. They're not finding any bodies. Our kilo finds you know he he found the beacon and that. That it was basically set to every 15 seconds or so to send out the same distress signal. Arkillo calls out to Sinestro. Sinestro just kind of like staring off into space. Everybody's trying to figure out why. And of course, you know, Lissa comes back and goes, you know, it's now it's not what he's thinking about; it's who he's thinking about her. 
and she creates a construct of Becca of New Genesis, who we know Sinestro had offered a yellow ring to, and we still, based on this description, we know that she has not supposedly made her decision yet. So that's, that supposedly is vexing, vexing Sinestro. And Lissa doesn't seem to be, besides being jealous, probably on a more than, uh, more than surface level jealousy, probably based on her feelings for Sinestro or her desire, at least to be, you know, his right hand woman, points out that her call, you know, her siren call captures the hearts and minds of the others around her, and it seems like, despite, you know, how impressed, how powerful Sinestro is, he's not immune to that either. Of course, Arkillo gets pissed off with the mention of Becca since she took. She took his ring hand and, and his ring. Another uh, another job for St. Walker, I think, to get here and fix Arkillo again. But now we kind of find out that what what's really going on with... At this moment in Sinestro's mind is not entirely dealing with Becca. It has to do with the fact that he is figuring out what exactly has gone on here. About the distress signal being sent out to, to lure them into the trap a trap or to lure him to the spot you know when he was at his, his lowest point when he was battered bruised and weak because now we find we find where the Korrigorians are and they're, they're all dead you know they're all wrapped up in black mer- and black mercy plants you know Sora comes over to check on the bodies and Sinestro kind of points you know kind of tells you you got to be careful they're dangerous and good old Sora goes like thanks for faking concern <laughs> it's like I got to take a closer look anyway Sinestro turns to Lissa and goes, you know, you know who did this, right? And she goes, of course. And he, he goes, show me where to find him. So Sinestro and Lissa go off to go find, you know, the the perpetrator of this act, leaving the, leaving all the, all the others behind. There's some cute little dialogue between, you know, between De- Dez and... Arkillo and Sora about the fact that uh, seems once again being a schemer that he is, Des seems to be like sowing the seeds of discontent and seeing conspiracies everywhere. And Arkillo pretty much had already tell, you know said to him that one day you know one day you know you're gonna you're, your demise is gonna be coming and I'm and I'm guessing I'm gonna have a hand in it. And Ar- and even at one point, uh, Sora even points out that you know. You know, Arkillo's right. <laughs> One of these days, all your snide comments are going to catch up with you, and I hope I'm there to see it. Arkillo takes control and goes, let's waste no time in returning home. The Sinister Corps must be made ready. Soon, we'll be facing. Dun, dun, dun. War World! And Sinestro, basically, he, he has been led to war, war, war World by Lyssa. You know, he's attacked. He's being attacked by War World, but he's attacking it and seemingly doing a good job at Doing a, doing a number on it. We do find out in this issue that he mentions it in fleeting once, and he kind of refers to it directly later on. That we do actually get an answer to the other question we had asked at the end of uh, Godhead, which was about Parallax, whether Sinestro still had Parallax or whether he was literally knocked out of him and he never got him back. And yes, Sinestro still does have Parallax in him. Um, we have an at- the atmospheric generation detected. Lissa and Sinestro pretty much are using their powers to try to protect themselves, and of course, the power his power level starts draining. Actually, technically, both their power levels start draining, but she's still capable because of her power to to amp up Sinestro. 
once she amps up Sinestro, Mongol makes his appearance. And he and Sinestro start duking it out. You know, Mongol kind of taunts him about, you know, I pretty much knew if I hung those Korgorians out there as a bait, you know, you, you know you'd, you'd come running, everything else. So Mongol has like a moment or two where he's got the upper hand, but Sinestro just kind of like he's like literally pouring, penetrating his defenses and pouring energy out of him. And on a, and again, one of those rare Sinestro moments that he that he's kind of pointing out to Mongol as he's like choking on this energy claw coming out of his mouth that you know you shouldn't have taunted me, as Hal Jordan might say, you shouldn't poke the bear. <laughs> but at the meantime, you know Sinestro's power, his power level continues to drop. Mongol keeps talking about you know how you know how you know do you think I forgot how you defeated me and mocked me last time? You know you know your ring, your power is going to be mine. You know the the Mongol core is going to live again. He kind of like either he doesn't he either br- comes close to breaking Sinestro's ha- hand or maybe does crack a bone here or there. You know, but Sinestro you know fights back. He does a really good job of you know. At, and this is where he mentions about Parallax. So he goes, you know, he's stealing the yellow light, storing it somewhere. He's not just you know draining the rings. He's actually basically taking it just to put somewhere else for him, for himself to use later. As far as Sinestro's concern. He goes, I could unleash Parallax, rip Warworld apart, but it might be wiser to bide my time. So Sinestro, so Sinestro you know, gains the upper hand, completely takes Mongol pretty much out of the fight. You know, he's kind of like lording it over him, going, it's over, you brute! And before he can finish his statement, he gets blasted. We see, you know, Sinestro's uniform is blast is ripped almost completely off him. And we do get to see the old scar Kyle put on his back of the Green Lantern symbol. And we see Lissa being held at sword point. And he's being faced, you know, Sinestro, had I willed it, that blast would have seared you to the bone. It is through an act of mercy that you are not ash floating on cosmic winds. My mercy, though, has been spent. It will not be granted again. Surrender now or face the unfettered might of the Apex League. Which, of course, is yet another reference to Future's End. And that is the cliffhanger we end on for, for Issue 9. Are we to understand that the Apex League was the shadowed people on the ship earlier? I don't necessarily think so. It's got to be. Because if you, if, you look in the, if you look behind uh, the, the big shiny guy um, uh, there on that last page, there's a big rock guy. And if you go back to that shadowed page, there's a big rock guy behind him. Yeah, you're right. It could be. Yeah, you looking at that. Yes, and you can almost see the crown on the guy's head too, the one holding the sword too. Yeah. To Lista. So looking at it from, but I'm just trying to figure out, to, who do we assume the guy in the cloak is? Is that the guy who's all powered up? Yeah, because his eyes are glowing white like that. That's interesting, though. That was a good. That was a good catch, though. You're right. Looking at looking at the uh, the rock guy was. Yeah, he is. He is to get the dead giveaway for that. So that probably is that probably is the case. And there's, so obviously, there's that person off to the right that's got that fin looking thing on their head. Well, yeah, that's what that, I mean. And that looks like the guy that's um, standing next to the chick. No, the, the guy. Right no, the guy that's uh, got Lysa by the throat. Right, but he looked to me. He looks like the guy on that same panel on page three that he looks like he's standing to the right of the leader next and right next to the chick oh oh yeah yeah right. yeah on the right hand side <laughs> gotcha yeah 
Yeah, so obviously the Apex League is is going to be against the paling based on based on that logic. So, so maybe they you know maybe they they need Sinestro for something at this point. But it was an inch, but I thought it was a really good issue. Yeah, um, I really like the colors in this, and I think Sinestro looks cool, especially in a couple different places. When they, especially when you get good close-ups of him. Right, looks really which good. is which is really impressive considering this is like at least at least a third different artist has been in, on this book in nine issues. Not not and that's even and it might be more than that because Van Skyver did a couple of issues, but either way, I mean, it's, but still, the art in this book, no matter who does it, it just seems to work. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, this is good. I really enjoyed it though, for sure. Yeah, I did too. I I thought this was the. I'm kind of. I'm at least disappointed at this moment anyway. We don't have uh we didn't get to see Arkillo and Mongol. Yeah. But even though Arkillo is still going to be at it once again at a disadvantage cuz now he's missing a hand. Yeah. But he does have a tongue, so I guess that's something. For the ladies. For the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> but this uh best issue of the month? For sure. Yes, I agree. All right, anything else? No, a pretty solid month's worth of books. There, obviously, some were. Uh, so, what do you? If you had to rank them, rank them quick, one through five. We know Sinestro is number one. Uh, Sinestro is number one. Um, New Guardians, I'm going to say just for the art alone, is number two. Um, number three is probably Green Lantern, uh, and number four is Tide. Uh, between Red Lanterns and, and Green Lantern Corps. Probably Green Lantern Corps and then Red Lanterns, though. Yeah, I would say Sin- I would say Sinestro 1. <sighs> See, sometimes the... I mean, it's, t- it's a fine line, because sometimes the art, sometimes... It's like everything else. Sometimes the writing's good, but the art isn't as good. And sometimes the art's really good, and even though you didn't necessarily like the story as much. I would probably say, not to drag it out, I would probably put... I'll, despite the mistakes in it, I would probably put. I actually would put Cora maybe second this time. Uh, Green Lantern third. I would put Red. I would put Red fourth, and I would put New Guardians last. Even though there were things I liked in New Guardians, but 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 it was a pretty competitive month, other than Sinestro being the clear cut winner. Yeah. All right, um, we're gonna play a quick jingle, and we will be right back. Play the jingle, everybody. Twitter, Twitter, tweeting, tweeting, ephemeral, ephemeral, fleeting, fleeting, blue and web, face coat, whistle, ass mode, checks the tweets, 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 and also emails. Tweets and emails, all in one handy package. Okay, and we're back. Um... So uh, we got one email and then some Twitter and Facebook stuff to go to. You want to read the uh, the email? The email is from Jesse and is relatively recent, so and it fits perfectly in with what we were talking about today. So I will, without further ado, since it's a long email, let's, let us begin. Hey, fellas, I just thought I'd share my thought on January's books. Hopefully, catching you before you record. Sorry that it's a long one again. If you don't want to read the whole thing on the show, that's okay. Green Lantern 38, 3 out of 5. Nice to see Hal on Earth. So how do you want to approach this? Just Do you want me to just go th- 
do you want me to stop after each one of his issues? Do you want me to uh, do all do all five of the Green Lantern books, and then we yeah, do all five. Okay. Uh, nice to see Hal on Earth hanging out with some buddies, especially Barry. They haven't forgotten his friendship with Hal. He finally opened up to Carol. Green Lantern 38, two out of five. Though I normally love Van Jansen's stories, this one was sort of meh. I had to go back and look at the book to even remember what it was about. I like to follow up on Von Daggle's search for his partner. I'm still wondering who it is. Jensen needs to spend most uh, needs to spend most of an issue closing up that storyline. New Guardians 38, 2 out of 5, and I think that's generous. I normally love Justin Jordan, too. It just seems like his heart really isn't really in it as he closes out the series. I'm guessing there's some bad blood between him and DC Editorial. The good, Carol and Kyle wondering if it's Carol's ring that's causing her to, her love for him. Also, Kyle admitting after all this time he's still not over Alex, which actually, yeah, we didn't really touch upon that. Uh, bad, Carol and Kyle still together. I hate this part of Jordan's run. I don't think I like Oblivion's return. I'm also rereading The Power of Ion right now, and I'm seeing too many parallels between it and the direction New Guardians has been on for the last couple of months. It's kind of uh, been there, done that situation. I'm sad that Justin Jordan seems to have given up on this book. I hope the next two issues are a big improvement. Red Lanterns, 38, 4 out of 5. This was really good, even though it wasn't Charles Sewell. Uh, Guys having to deal with his own rage in the aftermath of Atrocitus' attack on Earth. Sinestro, 38, 5 out of 5. Cullen Bunn knocked it out of the park. Sinestro versus Mongol. What else to be said? It looks like this book is headed towards what was shown in Future's End. Bring a horror writer to the series. I think he means bringing a horror writer to the series was a great decision. One of the few the DC has made in a long time. A side spell, uh, side spell check tried to connect to correct Sinestro to Minestrone. <laughs> ha ha, Sinestro is an Italian dish. Does that mean we should all fear Minestrone? <laughs> so then, so you want to deal with that part first? Uh, I think he echoed a lot of our sentiments. I think yeah, he, he did. The uh, I think maybe I, uh, you know. Uh, <clears throat> I give uh, New Guardians more credit than he does, um, uh, but that that was again mostly because of the art. Um, uh, otherwise, I agree with all of what he said, and I'm also glad he's rereading the Power of Ion stuff right now. Uh, now he might you might be able to understand a little better now what I mean when I say that I think Kyle should be a godlike character. Um, so, you know, hopefully, <clears throat> hopefully you like that. But otherwise, I think he he echoed a lot of what we already said. I agree. So let me take the second part of his email. Okay. Okay. A few other Lantern-related items from this month. Secret Origins number nine, three out of five for the John Stewart origin. We just kind of sneaked this one in this month as, as and more. I wouldn't have even known about it if I hadn't picked up the book and flipped through it. I haven't been buying this regularly, just pick, picking up the issues that interest me. I almost passed it over because Swamp Thing was on the cover. I don't remember ever liking Swamp Thing. The conclusion of Brightest Day revealing that the whole story was pretty much just to set up to bring him back you know, pissed me off. Sorry for the tangent. Van Jensen's take on John's origin was pretty good. Until now, I don't think anyone's explained how the marine and architect parts of his background went together. Van Jensen returned to what I like, making John into a character I can care about. And we want to do the multiversity stuff, too? Yeah, sure. Okay. If you don't want some mild spoilers about multiversity, don't read any further. Uh, a multiversity guidebook, four to five. Finally, from Commandy and Little Gotham's Batman. 
we get confirmation that some of the big events of DC history took place even in the New 52 multiverse. Flash of Two Worlds, Crisis on Infinite Earths, Emerald Twilight, Infinite Crisis, or did they? All written into the fictions of Earth-33, it says. I guess that's what we can expect out of Grant Morrison. I like little Batman's quote. These stories, each one is part of a chain, a relay. Also, it was nice to see a catalog of the current 52 universes and some of my favorite alternate universe stories. I think Earth-6 is the What If Stanley created series of books. Earth-7 and 8 seem to be little jabs at Marvel, saying that they exist in the DC multiverse, but without violating any of Marvel's copyrights. Earth-9 is the Tangent Universe. Earth-10, I can't remember the name, but Superman is a Nazi. Earth-12, Batman Beyond. Earth-15 has a mention of Superboy Prime of Earth-33. And what's up with the Green Lantern battery being the Cosmic Grail? Earth-21, Justice League New Frontier. I love Darwin Cook's art. Earth-22, Kingdom Come. 29, Bizarro World. 30, Red Sun. 32, In Darkest Night. 43, The Vampire Universe. We briefly saw in Countdown Arena. I like Countdown Arena. That was one of the things I really liked about that, about Countdown. Uh, Earth-50, The Justice Lords from the JLU cartoon. I've got the action figure of Justice Lord Jon Stewart sitting a couple of feet away. So you want to deal with that part before we... I don't know if we should we even do the other part. Um. Yeah, I mean we can just we can. You want to do it all together? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, and now if you don't mind a little speculation, there are seven unknown Earths, and here's what I and my kids, especially my daughter, hope they might be. For my daughter, Young Justice, and Teen Titans from the Cartoon Network, not to be confused with Teen Titans Go. (laughs) And for me, Green Lantern the animated series, Justice League Unlimited. Justice League 3000, which I think might be pre-Infinite Crisis Earth, Fisher-Price, Imaginex, slash Super Friends, and Lego. Hey, maybe that's why Morrison's put them in there, so that geeks like me could fill them with our own favorites. One other comment about multiversity. I love how Grant Morrison was able to write in different styles on depending on depending on which Earth he was writing. <clears throat> that's another book I've been reading. I forgot to mention, Multiversity. Um, I don't get it. <clears throat> And by don't get it, I mean I literally don't get it. Um, I, this is this is must be what people are talking about when they say Grant Morrisony, um, because I just I, I can't I don't I don't get it. Um, <clears throat> I will say I really enjoyed the uh, Thunder World issue, uh, with which takes place with the uh, Captain Marvel characters as Captain Marvel characters as Captain Marvel as uh, as uh, you know. Um, uh, Marvel Jr. as uh, uh, you know all those characters uh, in there. Um, I think it even takes place on Earth S. Uh, was it Earth S? Uh, I don't remember what the design, the original designation for that Earth was. I think it was S. Um, but uh, yeah, it was uh, yeah S versus Jam. I don't know. Anyways, um, haven't been reading Secret Origins. Don't really care, mostly because I still don't. I'm still not convinced this New Fifty Two is going to be sticking around. Um, <clears throat> in terms of, uh, of of the multiverse stuff, um, yeah. Uh, again, I don't get it. Um, and they're they are well written issues. But I just I don't know. Maybe I'll have to wait until the whole thing's over and then read them all again and and kind of see from see from there um i do i know how he comments about 
Swamp Thing, uh, Brightest Day pissing him off because Swamp Thing it was just all a vehicle to bring Swamp Thing back. Didn't bother me at the time. It bothered me after the fact when so close after Brightest Day we got Flashpoint. I agree. Which, just, which I, was just a vehicle to bring all these other characters into the universe. So why not? I mean, I guess maybe they didn't know. Who knows? Um, that Brightest Day was, or that Flashpoint was coming up, but I kind of doubt it. So I just, I mean. Which is even weirder because of the fact that John's, John's was kind of, he was, he was wrote on both, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, he, but I, I mean, I, I, I liked parts of Brightest Day. It would have been really curious to see how, where they would have gone in that universe if they hadn't done Flashpoint and how important Brightest Day would have been. I kind of like the idea that basically, you know, that the Swamp Thing was basically going to be the new white entity, for lack of a better way of describing it, that he yeah. was going to be the guardian of Earth, that they, you know, that, that they basically... You know the battery. The, the entity became the battery, and the battery had to find somebody new to basically be the you know be the ch- the champion of, and the protector of Earth. So it made sense it would be Swamp Thing on that level. Yeah. But so I was so I was interested in that. You know, so I would have been really interested in reading that Swamp Thing's book. I did start reading the new Fifty Two Swamp Thing, and I always have. I've always liked Swamp Thing ever since I was a kid. But I just it's one of those things. It's a hard time that I. It's hard for me to continue to read it for long periods the time because it just kind of gets doesn't pull me in that much after a while the stories don't pull me in despite the fact that i like the character um i don't really have anything else to say about it do you yeah i'm not re- i'm not reading multiversity either i never had much of a des- i never had much of a desire to uh it's not like i dislike it's not like i dislike everything grant morrison does because i i certainly I certainly don't, but you know, Final Crisis definitely turned me off a lot. <laughs> so that, that, that's really left a bad, really left a bad taste in my mouth. So I wasn't going to be gung ho to, to to start buying this when I didn't mean, like you said. Besides not knowing how much, if it's all going to, how everything's going to fit in, even with you know the Secret Origins and thing, you, you just don't know how relevant this is. And and plus, it took so long. You know, multiversity was in the works for so long mm-hmm. that it's just it just doesn't really live up to the hype. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't it was it wasn't it wasn't worth me in investing in investing in it. I think at this point it might be something I would check out, consider checking out in trade, but not but not in a weekly format. <clears throat> so there are going to be there are going to be a bunch of convergence titles I'm going to be picking up. So that does intrigue me. Okay, uh, over to Twitter. Scott says, "Hey Chad, are you going to cover the GLGA team up in Green Lantern or Green Arrow number thirty-eight this week? I'll get it. Ties in nicely with your solo show. Um, yes and no. Um, there are plans for the Green Lantern Green Arrow show outside of um, outside of the uh, uh, Denny O'Neill uh, and Neil Adams uh, famous issues." Um, though I wouldn't count on that being covered in podcast form anytime soon, but maybe because of the sheer amount of stuff I have to go through before I get to that point, um, we might you might see some some sort of coverage in maybe blog form. I would. But I do I do have that issue by the way in case we ever want to do it. I actually do have it. 
<laughs> and with all with all the Green Lantern related stuff, I, I mean, we, there might be an an episode, uh, you know, a, a random one off where Mark and I just go, "Hey, Green Lantern had a prominent thing in this one issue here, here, and here. You want to just combine all those together?" And I mean, I mean, there's there's always that possibility. True. Uh, Scott said, "That's brutal allergies you have there. Get well soon. Thank you, sir. Still coughing, but hey." Uh, Jesse says, look what I got today. He posted some pictures of the Green Lantern Lego set, um, <clears throat> which I have one of those too. It's really cool. Jim responded and said it's a must-have for Lantern fans. Uh, he is right. I have two of them. <laughs> I got one for myself, and then uh, this past Sunday, a friend of mine uh, wanted to build Legos with me, so she bought, brought over some Legos, uh, and she said she saw quote saw one in a store and thought of me and just had to get it and i knew right away what it was um <clears throat> but i, I you know, let her surprise me nonetheless um so now i have two of them <laughs> so uh scott also says awesome to pass the time i was in relation to us po finally posting a new episode uh awesome to pass the time i was going to suggest marble do a solo show he could call it marble madness and rant for an hour <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> Jesse posted another picture of some mix and max, uh, mix and match, uh, Lego lanterns that he came up with based on his, uh, Chinese knockoffs. Uh, some pretty cool things in there, including a long haired, red, red headed guy gardener, red lantern. It's pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> Scott also asked how I was feeling. He said it was nice to hear Corwin on the, uh, on the show. And uh, then he comments about it, says, uh, Corwin nails it early about the downgrading of the Lantern powers over the last few years. I totally agree. And then he also said, there's some funny delay about halfway through the episode. Marvel responds to Corwin before we hear Corwin's comment. It was psychic. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, there were, there, were, there were internet issues galore that day. We had to, we, we, he was, Cor, Corwin's connection was not working 100% that day, so we, had, we were booted and, re, and had to reconnect multiple times so i i don't know if that was 100 percent the reason why some of the the audio tracks kind of overlapped and things like that a couple of times in the in the but i kind of suspect that might very well have been what happened <laughs> um jesse says i just saw that van jensen and venditti uh will be uh, at comic-con in my city in march i could try and set up an interview uh we talked a little bit about that so thank you so much for thinking of us jesse um uh, Dowd responds about the allergies. Said I had that same thing in December. I had to keep muting when we recorded because I was coughing up a lung. Uh, <clears throat> Petrus says it's mine, my own, my precious, and he posted a picture of him and his new Green Lantern ring, which is pretty cool looking. Um, Jesse says, did it really bother anyone else when Jensen got the oath wrong in GLC number thirty-eight? Editor <laughs> got that too. I'm a fan of Jensen's, but that was a huge mistake. It really distracted from what was otherwise a very good issue. Hopefully, I also also pointed out some of those other issues to you too, Jesse. And you just want to tear the book up. <laughs> just kidding. Um, Scott says, "Great episode," and I like the discussion about sorting your comics at the end. And then he says, "Marble puts four comics in each bag and then throws them in a bin. No wonder he can't find Threshold. He probably <laughs> hasn't even looked yet." <laughs> That's a bold face lie. <laughs> <laughs> I have looked and I have looked and I have a lot of I have a lot of comics. So to go, it's not even the looking; it's the fact that based on where they are in the basement, digging them out to be able to look without you know being in traction from lifting all these tubs. And I'm going to make an effort again, but I'm, 
it's I'm it's just gonna be one of those things where I'm just gonna have to set like a day aside and I'm gonna go through, but I will probably literally have to open up almost every bag <laughs> to double to try to find find those issues. Uh, Jesse, in response to us posting our review of episode, of issue number one hundred, says, "Listening to it now, I'm ashamed that I hadn't read this issue before, but now I have, and it was a really good one." Uh, Floto says, "Who knew Chad and Ollie had so much in common?" And he posts a panel from the Green Arrow issue number thirty-eight. Remember, I told you we'd get back to this. Uh, the panel shows Ollie yelling at Hal, saying, "Figures, you've forgotten where you came from, Hal. How many days have you spent on Earth this year?" These people need you. You have responsibilities here, not just 80 million light years away. And then Hal says it's a big universe, Queen, and of course you're a spoiled rich kid who believes it revolves around you. Ollie's right, Hal's wrong. Um, <clears throat> just saying. Uh, and then Corwin said uh, a little while, uh, not not very much, uh, actually the next day, he said, so did the Lantern cast write Green Lantern New Guardians number 38? <laughs> In reference to uh, Carol and Kyle's conversation <laughs> about uh, Carol not sure if she loves him or what. <laughs> uh, Jesse then says, uh, more ideas for future episodes. When John sa- failed to save Zanshi. When Kat Matui died. Uh, Scott joins in and says, when John's par- paralysis was all in his head. Um, Andy uh, s- uh, says, uh, uh, solid episode, well done. In reference to uh, the number 100. Um and we also get uh, a few mentions and some some Green Lantern related conversation. Um, I I uh, posted something. I said, "There's a reason this week's episode is late. You'll know why when you hear it." And I was talking about the 2015 movie reviews. Uh, and Corwin goes, "Where did you guys bury the body this time?" And then in response, I simply posted a picture of uh, that clown dummy from Saw. It says, "Do you want to play a game?" <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, and, and, uh, uh, I, I, had, I, I was being, uh, snarky on, on, uh, Twitter. I said, seriously, guys, we post a brand new episode that features a brand new theme song and nobody says anything. Whoa. Harsh dude. <laughs> and Dwayne says, some of us are working and haven't had time to listen. <laughs> uh, and I, you know, made it clear I was kidding. And <laughs> Scott says, I've never seen a podcast get so mad at its fans before. I like it. Keep us on our toes. <laughs> uh, and Andy says, sorry, but my comics for the last six weeks are were only delivered yesterday. First to read and then catch up with the, the podcast. And then I told him it the the 15 movie review had nothing to do with comics. And he says, it's downloaded and ready to play. Uh, and then my friend Jackie, who I see you know weekly, she's a good friend of mine. I've known her for a few years, <clears throat> tweeted me the other day uh, or texted me and told me that um, – there's a show. I don't know if you've ever heard it uh, or heard of it, Mark. It's called Getting Doug with High uh, no. with Doug Benson. And, and by the title, you can tell what happens uh, in, in, in the in the video. Um, but, hey, it's legal in some states. So it's, you know, everybody calm down. Um, <clears throat> but any, evidently one of the guests on there was talking about how he's a big fan of Green Lantern. Uh, and she sent out a tweet and said, hey, if you like Green Lantern, you should check out my friend's rad podcast, Lantern Cast. Uh, so thanks for the shout out there, Jackie. Um, and then we have a couple of things over on Facebook. Not a lot because uh, we haven't just posted a whole lot. I reminded everybody that this that that, that particular Wednesday that uh, the Green Lantern Green Arrow team up happened in uh, Green Lantern or Green Arrow number thirty eight. <clears throat> um, 
was, which was not a great issue. <laughs> uh, sir, so thanks to Sergio and Jesse for responding to that. Um, I also posted that uh, me and uh, uh, Sean Engel had recorded an episode of Just One of the Guys covering uh, issue number 146 of the Green Lantern Kyle Rayner run in which uh, Kyle Rayner becomes Ion for the first time. It's the Power of Ion storyline. Uh, so, uh, and, and lots of people seem to be pretty excited about that, both over on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, so thanks to Sean and Sergio for, uh, and Dan and everybody for, for commenting and liking on that. Um, posted some con- uh, Convergence news stuff. By the way, I posted my order and my LCS for some Convergence stuff. Uh, and just because I have previews right in front of me, I'm going to just say that real quick. And Mark, I don't know if you know off the top of your head which Convergence issues you're getting. I can probably bring it up. I have it in <clears throat> Comixology, so you do, your, you do yours first and then see if I can pull up, pull up mine. I just figure I'll probably forget by next episode and I'll just say it now. Um, it, I'm going to get all the Convergence main series stuff, and it looks like Convergence is going to be a weekly series, but only for two months. Um, so eight issues total. I am getting The Atom, um, just because I'm curious about that, not partic- particularly because of the creative team. Um, the rest, though, I'm getting mostly because of either character or creative team, mostly creative team choices. For instance, I am getting The Question by Greg Rucka. Uh, gotta have that. I mean, Greg Rucka writing Question, that's, uh, that's basically a no-brainer. Uh, another one I'm getting is, uh, is, uh, obviously Green Lantern Parallax, um, Tony Bedard, I mean, I, I gotta, I gotta get it, I mean, it's Green Lantern Parallax, gotta get that, uh, getting the Green Lantern core, uh, and the, mostly the reason I'm getting that one is because starring heroes from Crisis on Infinite Earths, so I'm interested to see that, also very interested to see a couple of different things that are, uh, solicited back-to-back, uh, in here, um, New Team Titans, number one, this one's written by Marv Wolfman, New, New Team Titans being written by Marv Wolfman, it's it's a gotta have for me. Uh, probably the most the, the the biggest gotta have for me in here though, Swamp Thing by Len Wein. That's that's an absolute necessity uh, in my mind. Um, another one in here. Let me see. Oh, there's there's a few of them in here. Um, I've I'm also getting the Crime Syndicate. Gotta have that. Uh, I'm also getting Infinity Inc. written by Jerry Ordway. Hell yes. Um, Justice Society of America. Now we're talking the Justice Society. We're talking Alan Scott Green Lantern as he was in the 40s, and you know all this stuff. Doctor Fate, Hawkman, Jay Garrick, Flash as they were in the 40s. You know all that. That gotta have that. Another one. Plastic Man and the Freedom Fighters. Loved some multiverse stuff, especially Freedom Fighters kind of things. Gotta have that. Um, so those are the Convergence titles I'll be getting for sure. Now, if I hear some fantastic, epic things about, uh, Green Lantern or any of the other Convergence titles, maybe I'll get them, but I'm feeling pretty confident that the ones I chose are going to be, uh, the creme de la creme. Uh, and if I miss one or two here or there, I'm not going to be that upset. Um, so there's that. What, which ones are you getting? Besides the... Uh, the main Convergence series, obviously, uh, Green Lantern Parallax, uh, Green Lantern Core. I also am going to get Batman Shadow of the Bat, since that has to do with Batman and the Azrael Batman. And I'm going to get uh, Conver- Convergence Superboy kind of kind of intrigued me. So I'm 
Swamp Thing I still might throw in there, but right now those those are the other two that I pulled in besides the the Green Lantern ones. So I'm just I'm just hoping at this point that Convergence isn't going to be like a big letdown. I mean, I'm really looking forward to it, and I just hope I don't think it's going to. It's like I don't know if, if I should try to temper my expectations for what's coming out of this or not to, to, to lessen you know the disappointment potential disappointment i don't know if it's going to have you know have epic ramifications in the in the in the new status quo maybe not as much as some people you know think or are hoping uh i would not mind it depending on you know what those ramifications are but i just hope it's i just hope it's actually a good story and i hope the the two issue mini series that we that they do are are good and be curious to see what kind of resolution you know we're going to get to begin with, out of the main the main series, just to see if it close, you know, if it if, even if it does affect you know the, the DC universe proper right now, whether it completely closes the door on some things that weren't maybe uh, brought in, things that weren't part of this new amalgamated universe that maybe that there's still a hope down the road for some other elements to be to come in. So I'm I'm interested in. I like the concept. So. So I'm keeping your fing- keeping our fingers crossed. Also, thanks to Daniel, Juan, Sergio, Brian, and Jim for various likes and stuff over on uh, on Facebook. Um, also, uh, those excited about uh, the the uh, new episode with the 2015 movie prequel stuff. Um, some of the same people over there, um, and uh, that's that's basically it. Uh, the only other thing about Facebook I will mention is I keep getting notifications. You're almost at 500 likes. Promote your page to reach more people. We have 389 likes or 390 likes. That's not that close to 500. But um, I am kind of sick of seeing the you're almost at 500 likes thing. Um, so if you guys uh, are listening to us and you have a Facebook page... Uh, please don't hesitate to go and like us over there. I know a lot of podcasts and places say uh, go ahead and like us over on Facebook, um, <clears throat> and they post a lot of stuff that has nothing to do with their show or their topic. Um, <clears throat> and we do do that occasionally. I won't lie to you. But we don't do that nearly as much as other people you might think. As a matter of fact, I'm looking at uh, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9... 10, I'm looking at our last 10, 15 posts, and I'm not seeing a single one of those that have nothing to do with our show or Green Lantern as a topic. So, we don't fill up your news feed with a bunch of crap. Um, Now, if you're on Twitter, I mean, we are involved in conversations, and, you know, we give shout-outs to people, and we're more uh, comic-oriented over there, and have discussions and stuff like that. So there, we do a lot of stuff on Twitter. But if, if you're just looking for strictly Lantern Cast and Green Lantern-related information from us and you're on Facebook, it really is beneficial for you to like us on Facebook. We do not clutter your feed with stuff that you don't need to know or aren't might possibly be interested in if you're a fan of Green Lantern or our show. And, and speaking of ways to find us and like us and do kinds of all that, those kinds of things, Mark, how can they do that? Well, Chad, they can email us, lanterncast at gmail.com. 
lanterncast at gmail.com. You can access our website, lanterncast.com. Check out our newest episodes. Check out our Ring Cyclopedia episodes, which there should be a new one posting soon. Among other things, you can follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Use hashtag GLCast to find us on both. We are on iTunes and Stitcher, and if you like us on either or both, please leave us a positive review. Last but not least, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, call us at 708-LANTERN. 708-LANTERN! And let us know what you think. All right, guys. Uh, Next episode, uh, I've got an idea. I've got several ideas. Uh, Let's just call this the month of the spinoff. Is that sufficient enough, Mark? Yeah, I think I I think so. Okay. All right, guys. Uh, we will talk to you later then. Good night, everybody. Good night. Siri, what is Green Lantern? Read it to me. Green Lantern is the codename of a fictional superhero who appears in comic books published by DC Comics. It is both a name given to the superhero and the Green Lantern Corps. They fight evil with the aid of rings which grant them a variety of extraordinary powers. The first Green Lantern was created in 1940 during the first superhero craze, which began with Superman. Alan Scott usually fought common criminals in New York with the aid of his magic ring. Siri, who is Alan Scott? Read it to me. Alan Scott is a fictional character, a superhero that appears in comic books published by DC Comics and the first to bear the name Green Lantern. In the stories, the character fights evil with the aid of a magic ring that grants a variety of supernatural powers. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> but no how? <laughs> nah, I was just, I was just, I thought that was kind of funny. Um, did 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 it read that Wikipedia entry as saying that Alan Scott fought in New York? I thought he fought in Gotham, or did that just come later? It's been so long since I, I've read the Golden yeah, Age that's stuff. Gr- that's 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 an interesting point. I don't know, but it, I'm pretty sure that's what it said when I was reading it back to you. <laughs> uh it's dumb. <laughs>